All right, so I just heard a good norm bit to remain on the vulgar. He was he was saying, "I'm really bad at jacking off," <laughs> and they're like, "How do you how did you know?" And he's like, "You know, I didn't even know about lotion," and he's like, "I didn't know until this 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 beautiful woman." I was making I was making love to ask me what those huge horrible welts were on my penis. <laughs> so I've been listening to stories about Mount Shasta. And I was enjoying a fine story about Richard Shaver, my favorite of the early sci-fi authors who in fact coined the term flying saucer. This man. And he developed uh, or I guess discovered an alphabet called Mantong, where he pretty much says that the letters of the alphabet all have a spiritual significance, an alien significance, and that the sun is evil, and that we age because of radiation, and that that is represented by D, and the opposite is T. Which, what initially it struck me as was that that was Dao. Dao is written both T-A-O and D-A-O, What's the vitamin you get when you're sitting out exactly. outside? Exactly. Vitamin e D. 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 It's, vitamin it's D. D. Oh, I'm sorry, lit. The scientist looking at Richard Shaver's Mantong alphabet to name vitamins like. Actually, it was discovered in 1856. Well, you know what I've been thinking about is the periodic table. And the design of the periodic table is so lame, but there are many of these alternative periodic tables that are actually quite beautiful and fascinating. I only have a periodic table in my room that has chemicals I've worked with, and it's only uranium. So, what capacity have you worked with uranium? I, you know, I, I I broke into some some secret warehouse. There are some guys with guns. You know, I pulled it out of your ass. The singular reason nuclear can't work. The yeah. Dark Brothers. <laughs> They've been stealing sent. it all. <laughs> They've well, been sent to every, every like early stage nuclear startup. The Dark Brothers go and sabotage right, well, it. Here, let's talk controversial. So, what I've been saying for a while is that I don't trust nuclear energy because I don't trust people to be able to maintain it. Already, this is being proven. The fucking Polish government is handing out iodine pills because they're pretty sure that the Ukrainian nuclear plant, because the power is going out, is going to just, like, you know, be destroyed in Chernobyl itself. There's there's nothing wrong with a little bit of uh, radioactive wastes going into the uh, water table. It's, it's really not that impressive. It's, you know, you just get a little sick and you die. We really got to get some Aquarian <laughs> evolution going so we can handle radiation. Nuclear bombs will be like I'd say the, the Dark Brothers are... Are an example of that. They are Aquarian goon warriors. Well, you know, because like I usually fondle my balls when I jerk off, so I'm like, I know I'm okay. I'm gonna be okay if I get blasted. Because either either I'm gonna either I'm gonna instantaneously combust or instantaneously come. So combust. <laughs> when I hear I hear the um the the, siren. when they do the nuclear <laughs> countdown and it's a come countdown. <laughs> we should make that hypno. I, I'm calling out at Juner Boy at John. You should uh, make some nuclear sissy hypno. 
Dark Brothers edition. When the sissy hypno's nuclear shrank. This <laughs> like uh, a wing sauce. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by Mark Andreessen now. We're very pro-nuclear energy. The belief is that if you entomb the nuke, you know, you just melt it down immediately, then just run, you know, some tubes down to it. Maybe send the Dark Brothers down there to yeah. check on it. Yeah, who's gonna be who who will when when the radiation be poisoning everybody in the area? How are they gonna do it? I think you just go to places people aren't. Yeah, but if beautiful fucking, national forests. Well, <laughs> well also too, I would the I, ocean. I would also Canada. I would argue that you just put stuff in volcanoes. Like I've always been a big fan of like putting <laughs> nuclear reactor in a volcano. Just, but so that like sounds, you know, that's literally the Scientology origin story. That's what they did to Earth. They put all the alien souls with nukes into volcanoes, and then it blew up. And then they, their souls were like fallouted all over the world. So that when humans came, there were thetans everywhere. Ron was right. Ron was true. LRH was right. True, very true. What yet? What content would? Uh, well, let's talk, let's talk about Freud is right. The evergreen nature of Freud was right. Freud will always content. be right. <laughs> well, I mean, because you never get old of like, you know, having having a tit in your face as a man. You know, to, to any of the female listeners, you know, uh, if, women. If you I ever need to secure capital from a marketing person, you got to go to him and you got to be like, I'm going to help you make evergreen organic viral content. And I'm going to do it pro bono. I get paid if you get paid. Affiliate marketing. B2B. <laughs> Say a bunch of shit that the code word is, I don't want money up front. But the nature of what young, young Chris is getting at is uh, Freud will always be right. So there's always going to be people engaging. Like 90% of the engagement on that account is the same sentiments. It's like, I was talking about this last night, actually. If anyone's ever been in a psych class in high school, they usually make you take it in 11th or 12th grade. You have like a sub-note chapter about Freud where the teacher breezes through really quickly and you get that one chick, sometimes it's a dude. Everybody laughs. They're wearing glasses typically and they'll make some like smarmy, swarmy, <laughs> smart, they're really smart remark where it's like a joke about like, maybe he just wanted to fuck his own mom. Oh. And just imagine if you could map out the entire United States and every one of those kids got pinged in the head when they see this. That's what the comment section looks like. And it's always going to be that way. For there to be the Carlylean great man, <laughs> you need the the nerd. With your, your recent birthday, I am now a full two decades younger than both people <laughs> on this podcast. Two? I don't know. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, I turned it, it's 44. True. It's true. I'm, um, really, it's scamming old people ages you because they beg for the life savings back. And I'm just like, nah, bro. I got, I got, I got, a. Matt Siskin doxed me on the Vicious Circle pod. Yep. I'm actually uh, 38. I'm Barrett and I were childhood friends. He doesn't look a day past like 30, 36 though, so it's not so bad. Just like how uh, I don't look a day past 50. Let's talk about Mount Shasta. Mount mm. Shasta. Yeah. So I've, I've done it. We've done the TikTok about Shasta Cola, but it's very important because there is a a creamy drink. <laughs> 
a creamy drink that was given to this guy. I forget his name because he kind of lame, boring. <laughs> but Saint Germain, ascended master. The ascended masters live on Mount Shasta. When I lived in Paris, I lived next to Saint Germain Dupree, and I would look over. My apartment was perched over the courtyard where the monks would come out. Mm. And uh, it's true. He's an ascended master. He'd come out sometimes. He'd be drinking what looked to be a creamy substance. It's white, well, milky, energizing. Why wouldn't he be drinking his own delicious drink, St. Germain, straight? St. Germain, is, it's interesting to see which characters from like traditional canons become <clears throat> magical figures. Like, I think... Dante, you know, is kind of a huge revitalizing of the canon. The OG producer. He'd be picking people. <laughs> yeah, like he, like, he... This guy was lit. Yeah. Completely recontextualized historical figures and mythic characters through their appearances in Inferno and Paradise. Will Playboy Cardi be regarded as an ascended master? Well, that's the thing. is like recontextualizing history is the great work. I think the great Aquarian work. Um, we look at <clears throat> Ezra Pound and you get this huge recontextualizing of American history. But we need, we need, uh, we need to make it new again. That's back when we did the vicious perk, Perkle pod. <laughs> um, I accused you. We were talking about Mr. Curtis Yarvin and I was like, the way he formulates his ideology reminded me of you in reading both of them, where there's like f three to five writers who get kind of unearthed and made as a center point, and they all act as like points in a wider system. But, you know, I think uh, given that he's, uh, he is where he is and he is, uh, you know, as old as he is, the recontextualization is probably as far as what he is doing will go. New American history. <clears throat> I think one I know is um, Saint Simeon the Stylite. This, this is a deep cut, but friend of the pod, Phidias, the YouTuber, a Mediterranean YouTuber who does feats of strength. He's like a Mr. Beast, but more deranged. <laughs> I pitched him on being a modern Saint Simeon. Living on the pillar? The, yeah, the yeah. stylite, is, I think, was his, his like, subheader. But he uh, lived on a pillar for his entire life and would give, he would preach on top of it on this tower, and people would come and surround him and ask him questions. But I think we need a YouTuber to do that now. There's not truly, many who are truly. cut of the cloth. I still think... Um, this is a dream I had, but I think it's going to happen in the next five or ten years here. But there will be a phase where Chris is uh, starving himself and eating locusts and honey. I remember we were in the pool. We were in Sam's pool talking about that. <laughs> we we was, called our council and they were like, don't do this. No, I was. It was no, a little I, over a year ago. I was supporting it greatly. I think it's a great idea. You know, it's, it's better than, you know, sucking down Taco Bell. Let's talk about the Dark Brothers dietitian. Um, the food cube. <laughs> paradigm shifts. Yeah, it's... 
in truth, you know, the, the current food pyramid is is very much outdated. You know, they don't have a great focus on color, which is extremely important because you know macros and micros they don't vibe. They just don't. You know, like vitamin vitamin C and, and zinc and you know some you know you have people come maxing. It's like if you just fulfilled the cream planet that orders circles around the food cube, you would you would be. A fire hydrant. You'd be blasting. People. What is the nature of the food cube? Extremely, extremely simple, right? The food cube is. You have to look at it as a cube, but it, it's represented also in a two D plane. But if you look at it in a two D plane, you will instantly have a conniption and die. So you have to look at it as a cube. Mm-hmm. Specifically, ninety five percent of the cube is a shade of brown. So your diet needs to consist of ninety five percent shade of brown. This could be um, dirt, whiskey, root beer, um, brown sugar. Um, diarrhea, if need be. Um, what, what about brown versus white rice? <sighs> white rice is gonna fucking—it's gonna make you bloated. It'll—it'll it'll kill you rather quickly, honestly. Uh, you should stay away. You know, brown rice will will make your shit very, very uh, firm. So we, we we ask that you know you stay away from that. You want if you're gonna have brown rice, it should be paired with at least a gallon of teriyaki sauce. Um, what is the? Let's talk about the shitting. Do you want it to be liquid? Is yeah, that no, what that guy as, as, as per guidelines, as per the guidelines, they say your shit should be very, Federal very runny. Dark admi- food and Dark Administration. Yep, exactly. Right. And they 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 say that your shit should be liquid. Like you should be able to fart and have it just drip out. And if that's not happening, you're you are extremely, extremely unhealthy. And that is like a sign that you're gonna die. Like solid loaves, solid hard loaves is a good sign that you're going to die eventually. It's I've not heard a, there's a neon element. Yes, yes. That is the uh, that is the last 5%, right? So it's the, you know, the 95% shades of brown. And then the other, the other last 5% is your neons. Uh, that could be Skittles. Uh, it could be brightly colored, delicious, satisfying, nutritious drinks like uh, Fanta or uh, potentially Sierra Mist, as long as it's dyed. Um, and you should enjoy uh, the, the treats like Red 40, Blue 7, uh, or is it Yellow 7? Listen, um, we wouldn't be doing our due diligence unless we asked about the quarterly purges. Ooh, yes, yes. That is extremely important to your health. Um, the thing is, we asked the, guy, the guidelines state that women should not complain about their periods because everyone suffers quarterly. Um, it's usually about the first or second day of, of the new quarter. Everyone gets their... Uh, quarterly diarrhea. It's ultimately a feminist project by making men suffer in the same way that women have. Well, it's, it's everyone. Everyone's. It's a universal. I mean. it's, it's a, a universal. Equal, it's a great equalizer. True. Yep. Diet. Um, and we, we find that during these times, um, not diapers don't even help you. You just got to let it run its course, literally. Let it, like, sop and soak. Would you say seasonally... Like transitioning from you know the fall into the winter, the spring into the summer, are there differences in the quarterly purge? No, other than how you feel, because uh, as you go into it, everyone will feel this depressive, muck, murky feeling. But then as you come out of it, you are enlightened. I've, I've seen ecstatic. Even. Yeah, I, I've seen I've seen people who um, they they had went out and purchased a knife because they were going to kill themselves. But then once they once they were done. They um they actually sold a knife and they 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 had went on they had went on to write great works of art. Does color exist in the first dimension? 
We we like to look at it as at like, what dimension does color? Probably second, right? Yeah. You but need but like a, 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 space. If a color is a sing, I don't know if a color is a singular. I think point. in in the singular point, it's like black or white. Well, if we look maybe at maybe you get like pixels, and if, if we want to go real cognitive behavioral neuroscience, like you got fucking light receptors on your eye, and fucking uh, it's like there's three of them. I think it's red, blue, yellow, then black and white. Books are food. Books are, books are food because if we could take like the color, the color, the diet based on color and display it as an image and you could just eat the image as a perfect meal because it would contain all the color. That makes a lot of sense because the phone is the neon yes. and we need to push it to 5%. Well, you, you, we need to make edible phones. You sure. would have to consume to it. Able, like, you would have to be able to consume it, but you would like, you know. Like imagine making a nice phone call and then eating the phone after. Yes, yes. What about eating it during and then eating it a second throughout it? After? Yeah, like, <laughs> very, you know, it's like very, we've returned to the folding phone, but when do we return to the, the edible, edible, phone. edible scroll? True. I was thinking. True. We need a scroll phone. <laughs> the Dime Square show. Mm. I'd say that probably encapsulates most of the lessons of the podcast. If we were to condense it into a scroll form <laughs> and eat it, would it give you a tummy ache? I think it would. Uh, It'd make you feel light at first, like maybe you could walk a runway, but then there'd be a deep, dark curse. There's wormwood in Dime Square. You know, reminds me, I'm going to plug myself. I um, there's, I made beautiful art in Dime <laughs> Listen, Square. You, you want to come on another episode, buddy? <laughs> I, 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 no, no, because I, I made beautiful transgressive art in Dime Square. I, I made such a disgusting shit, and I didn't even flush it. Like truly, it, it, it actually. Let's was... talk about Tyler, the creator, and your your encounter with him in Dime Square. Oh yes, yes, I was. Um, I was. Uh, this was actually recently after I had shit, and it like it came out of the water right, too. Let's not talk about this. <laughs> no, no, it's very important. But I digress. Um, walked, yeah, walked out. Um, I was meandering my way one way, and then came back another, and then I, I saw Tyler, the creator. But I had to, like, do a quad take because I just couldn't believe it. And I was just kind of standing there almost like a, almost like I was spying on him almost. I kept looking over my shoulder at him and then and, and everyone that was around him. Uh, what was it like talking to him? What did you say to him? I, I went up to him and I'm like, oh, I just, I just want to say, you know, because everyone, everyone's like, oh, I love you, man. I love you. Oh my, but I just, you know, approach him like a human. I'm like, hey, t- hey, Mr. Creator, I hope you have a good day. And he's like. Yo, man, like, it was, it was... (laughs) On that note, the Necronomicon. I've been thinking a lot about the variations in the Necronomicon. I've heard there's even maybe a Gnostic set of demons. Chris, do you have any thoughts on this? The nature, the nature of the demon is something that has fascinated me for, for years since my studies began. And how the god, once the aeon shifts, is divided in two. They become, or, you know, I guess in the old aeon, they became two. They became... What about now? Angel and demon. I feel we are nearing a reunification. One? Yes, they're back into one. What about so many? Oneness. Infinite. Infinite. It's contained. It's infinite contained in the one. Yes. What age did your studies begin? Fourteen. That's an early age. It's a decade Tell us ago. about the, uh, d- the <laughs> not mindset. even a, not even a decade ago. <laughs> I thought you were forty four. <laughs> no, that's you. Um, what? 
tell us about that beginning. That beginning. I was back back in those days. I wanted to be a filmmaker, and I'd recently posted some of these films that I'd made back then on the on the TikTok, and people were awed and shocked that I, I was an artist once. And then I had a revelatory experience, a divine interaction that moved me to studies. And I hated going to school, but I had secured myself many study halls. And I just... How, how, did, that, how did that happen? I, I threatened to kill myself if they did not let me do nothing. <laughs> what did you study exactly? I, I had them order books because nobody at this library read. I was beloved. I was like a little Tom Thumb at the library, and I would request, you know, I, we had Nick Land in the library. Would they ever ask if the book was too big for you to read? No, no. I remember that was in elementary school. In elementary school, they were like, wow. You read really big books because I'm a big boy now. A big boy. I was now. a little I you boy were a Tom Thumb. when I was a. I, well, now I mean, an age. I'm a big boy, but back then I was a little boy. But I read big books, and now I'm a big boy who reads big books because I'm very special. I'm a very special boy. True, when you make true. a book, will it be a big book or a little book? It'll be a little book to start. I'll start a with a big little boy books. who reads big books who makes little books. Li- makes little books because it's like, it's like. You know, blood. Every book is written with blood. And I start to get faint if I write a book too big. I'm a little boy. I can only afford so much blood. <laughs> is the Necronomicon too big? No, no. The Necronomicon is a good size. But definitely written in blood. Yes, undoubtedly. Let's talk about how it translates into the modern media landscape. I mean, the Necronomicon... I, at least for me, I remember, you know, film is what got me interested in it. You know, it's in The Evil Dead, The Book of the Dead, The Great Necronomicon. Movie, movie. Um, there's many films that reference The Necronomicon. As to whether or not there's any one... I mean, I like The Simon Necronomicon. I'm a big fan of it because I think Peter Lavenda is, a, is pretty much a genius who has effectively manufactured a fictional system of magic that functions. Getting a bit more granular into instances of these demons appearing. Lex? Luther. I'm thinking Luther, but not Lex Friedman. The guy who made Victoria's Secret in those fashion houses when we hear stories of popular figures in modernity having demons or maybe... Uh, Selling their souls. Indeed. What do you think of that in relation to perhaps the fictional works of the Necronomicon or maybe the more true... Oh, Heidi, get back here. <laughs> Heidi. We might need to, to keep an eye on her, but, you know, answer that question as you might. So... I think the nature of the fictional demon is not dissimilar from the real demon. There's very little difference between fiction and reality as we get to greater and greater spiritual realms. That line is in itself a defense mechanism against fiction, which is always a product of spirituality. And... This is to say fictional demons often are more powerful 
than beings that were real once. Like the, the kids who mirror their personalities off of anime characters and various characters are engaging in a fictional demonolatry. Where is that line between something maybe more altruistic, an effective altruist, as our, our friend of the pod, Dagson, might say, you know, deities that are perhaps less vested and solely evil? Well, this is the same divide as between fiction and reality. Where is this divide between good and evil for any, any self-valuing, any, any demon with a bit of self-worth is not committed to a pure evil? Would you say there is a line between, say, Aphrodite and a demon of the Necronomicon? in terms of their, their good and bad doing? No. The, in fact, I would say Venus and Aphrodite, having had more impact, more influence over the world, led to more evil than even the most evil possible modern demon. Perhaps then the demons are just cucked losers. Yes. Well, the Greek pantheon be stunting on some hoes. Well, planets will always stunt on minor demons. The planet, I mean, the planetary alignment is literally the rulership of the demonic fiefs. My friends, if you're hearing this and you be mirroring an anime character, you be falling for a lesser demon. Truly, truly. Realign you yourself. To, uh, realign yourself with the highest good. And if the highest good is evil, that's okay. See, on the MIA podcast, good and evil. We like to think we've stepped beyond. That was a, a TikTok comment I got today. was like, how does one discern the good or evil demon? And one, one must recognize that we have, we have moved past such childish assumptions, not such me. childish pretensions. Not me. I drink those demons away. The good ones stay while I drink. The bad ones go. What color is your drink right now? Tell us about that, Joe. So, Dark. A blood red. Yeah, drink. so I, I want to remind everyone, you know, the neon. I was very I was running very low on neon, so I had to create one of the best uh, possible and healthiest drinks, you know, a dirty Shirley. Uh, so you get some grenadine and sprite, which makes it red, so it's healthy. And then you top it off with some Tito's. And you I recommend you do a heavy pour just to be safe. And uh it makes quite the wonderful drink. In you fact, ever clear dirty Shirley? It never clear dirty Shirley is the best you can have. Um, and if you have a wife, make them drink it first. Very important. Delicious. I recommend grenadine to anyone who drinks water. Adds a little spice to your life. The grenadine, is it explicitly neon? Yes, there is a. there should be a good amount of uh, red in it. Um, you want grenadine that's very sugary and, and fake. Real grenadine doesn't taste as good, therefore it is not as um, healthy. And we don't, we don't stand for that. We, here, we don't stand for that. So no. in, in food stops, the fictional demon is better. True, yep. The fictional demon is valuable when we are searching for novelty, which is very vital for diets. No diet should comprise itself of tradition. It should be entirely like orbit orbits drinks. Yep. Like any any drink that has like food in it. Anything that anything your grandparents have had is already unhealthy. An aeonic diet is necessarily comprised of 
sugary crossover candies. The, the way I like to Like, think- it's got to be like Captain Crunch featuring Nestle Crunch Bar. Yep. And it's like... The energy drink. It's like... It's like CC. It's like an anti... C-R-C-K-R. It's like Captain... Captain Cap... Captain Crunch Crunch. Or Captain... Call it, call it. Captain Crunch. I'd like to talk about the scribe... No. The gift of Thoth. No. We gotta wait until it's out. Are we gonna... this When this drops? I think this will bind us to releasing them on time. <laughs> <laughs> Some products that the MIA is planning to release. We fi- finally... I, Chris Gabriel, the God Disc, Meme Analysis, a.k.a. The Prodigy. True, true. Have produced a, a deck of cards... A deck of symbolic cards that are a study in the ideogrammic nature of all magical and all symbols in general. All symbols began as images. They began as pictures. And this this study... You know, I don't believe you. What does Pisces look like? Pisces looks like two fish swimming in water. You, no, there's I, no way. I like to envision Pisces as me about the T-bone. What, what about Mercury? <laughs> so we're giving away the secret. So, but Mercury. Okay, so Mercury. Imagine a child drawing a stick figure. Okay. You're going to get a little circle head, and you're going to get a cross body. You're going to get a line for the body and two lines, a line through it for the arms. So that is a basic stick figure, and that looks like Venus. Venus is a very, very basic depiction of a person. And then you put a moon, a crescent, above its head. You have a person aligned with the dark. A person aligned with what is unseen, what is magical. So Mercury, but Mercury is also a depiction of the caduceus, that he himself carries. And this kind of recursive symbolism, which is like a symbol that bears a symbol that bears a symbol. Like the cross is a person. The cross is a basic stick figure as well. But Christ is crucified on the cross. Because he's sac- he is God, Christ is God, sacrificing himself to himself. They tied him to his humanity. Exactly. So a cro- he is the cross. Christ is the cross and is crucified on the cross. Before Christianity, the presence of the cross, are you, are you claiming it was predominantly the body? It was human. Yes, always. Well, solar, a solar body, yes. In terms of imagery or symbology for the sun, uh, the circle, was that the head above the body? It depends. I mean, oftentimes what you see is the cross in the circle. So the body is contained in the head, which is oftentimes in the beginnings of philosophical systems, that's what you'll find. You'll find a head-centric system. Perhaps as a a denial of the proliferation of the body, head only. Well, you have to, I mean, we have to remember how rare scribes were. And for a scribe culture like Egypt, I mean, that's why we, we do, we get very interesting depictions of the soul in Egypt because these are like the greatest thinkers, philosophers of the ancient world. So once we, we get the movement of the head, 
you know, you have the body with an animal head or you have an animal with a human head. So we're, we're playing, we're playing with depictions. And this is something Wilhelm Reich talks about, where in the beginning, animism is solely pictorial. It's solely depictions. We, we apply meaning to them, but they remain identical to their natural forms. But with mysticism, with the inversion of libido, the inversion of energy internally, which is the body going into the head, the bodily energy is going into the head. We, we gain fantasies and illusions and bizarre imagery. But this is, of course, the seat of magic and fiction. When do you think, maybe in the, the recent aeonic cycles, that might have happened? Uh, an inversion? Mm-hmm. Well, of course, you know, you get the internet, which is where we do get this fantastic, kind of like in Egypt, these fantastic inversions of images, these fantastic manipulations of pictures where you get, well, I mean, a lot of the early memes were animals doing impossible things. A lot of the funny pictures, it was like cows swimming with dolphins, leaping with dolphins. You have, you know, all of these crazy pictures. And this mirrors early spiritual art, of course. Back then, where would you say the change happened? The uh, placing of the body within the mind versus animism? Pre-civilization. Shamans and the individuals in tribes who are the spiritualists are already creating these bizarre images because they are so attuned to the dreaming. They are attuned to the world of dreams, to the unconscious, where these fantasies arise from. Simply, and this again, back to the concept of recursion, we're recursing on recursion. Once the mind focuses on itself, once the energy is focused on itself, you get these bizarre expressions, bizarre expulsions. Would you say they took mushrooms? (laughs) (laughs) Bro... Bro, you'd have to be high to, to see hey, this stuff, bro. You heard it here first. Meme analysis, pre-civilization, no one was self-aware. No, 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 no. That's not <laughs> what I'm saying at all. <laughs> but that's, again, the concept. Like, to the spiritualists, the, the self is the body. Excuse me. The self is the mind. To the normal person, the body is the self. To the healthy, normal person, the body is the self. This is why weightlifting is inherently neurotic, because even though they recognize the importance of the body, it's solely as an aesthetic expression of the mind. It's not an alignment of the body and the mind. It's not a, a singularity. It remains a palette, a puppet. The truest expression of one's relinquishing of the mind for aesthetic gains would be a lobotomy. <laughs> Which is... there? I, we can coin it here. There is lobotomy chic. There is the desire to be dumb. There is the desire to lose one's mind, to be mad. Schizo lifter. I think, true. yes, true. true. Schiz, like the aestheticism of the schizophrenic, which is something I've been hammering. I mean, I've been very interested in it for a long time, but I don't know if it's, you know, so much a aesthetic interest so much as a spiritual interest where I see the delusions and fantasies of the schizophrenic as 
a drug. They are condensed forms of spiritual enlightenment. They are these immense multiplicities of spirituality reduced to fantasies, reduced to stories, reduced to images. And that is brilliant. Do you think the average schizo lifter is actually getting at that? No. No, I think they remain edible. They remain very, very, very dominantly edible. They very rarely reach the depths that schizophrenia does. What is a realistic way to de-edipize now? How does one... Well, I mean, that's, you know, this is like the Deleuzian or Jungian question, I'd say, is like, does one want to take the two or the three of Oedipus and make it, you know, 870,000, <laughs> or does one make, want to make it zero or one? What about seven? <laughs> <laughs> it's seven. They are seven. They are seven times seven. They are the faces of evil. They are the faces of evil. Um... I mean, I think that is one part of our project is like seven needs to be seven individuals. It can't be one as seven. That is the danger of God, the danger of the Christian God, because no individual can appreciate all seven. Nobody, no worshiper can appreciate all seven in one. Nobody, like, just like we have a very hard time with three in one. We, of course, have a very difficult time with seven in one. Um... I suppose the closest we've gotten is the Taoists to appreciate eight and zero. Reminds me of a, I use a product, it's a, like a 25 in one, repair gel, motor oil, uh, cooking grease, very good stuff, I recommend it. It's called at, Ubik. <laughs> yep. At the end though, one, one and zero as opposed to presumably two dichotomies, is that the prescription? To me, but I'm sure that there are many people who would more easily and readily become schizophrenics and divide themselves further. I guess, how important is one and zero versus just one? Or Well, zero is one. Zero is a singularity. I think convincing people the dichotomy is not um, one and zero is, is the true difficulty. Well, because again, like zero equals two. Two together is zero. It's one thing. That's nothing. It's all one. I don't know. Two reminds me of uh, two twins. Two well, one twins. says one can't, you can't spell one without zero. <laughs> this is getting to that point. We need to call in Delusian Thimbo, friend of the pod. Is your phone working now? Yeah. <laughs> As the dust settles, I think this is a great time to plug our sponsor. The Meme Intelligence Agency store is going to be releasing a limited run of MIA butt plugs. The logo protruding out of the, the solar mouth. I got a question, though. I'm a big man with a big hole. Are you going to have, like, extra large? If the desire is exhibited, you can make a custom order. 
I'd um, like <laughs> Apple Podcast reviews asking for extra large mm. MIA butt plugs. <laughs> I'm thinking about a accusation I read on one of my favorite conspiracy websites called All Religions Are One. And it talks about the symbol of lightning, the presence of lightning in so many magical systems is in fact a depiction of anal sex. That lightning strikes the root chakra. Lightning strikes the hole. True. You think when Zeus was coming down and uh, having his I think way, he was coming in. <laughs> Indeed, but in his excursions, his extracurricular visits outside of the knowledge of Hera. You know, Hera where, is his second wife. Where was he coming? No, I don't think I don't think Zeus was doing anything with the butt. I don't. I think that is a a desire, but it's not true. I think Mercury definitely doing some butt stuff. Mars definitely, but Zeus no. He a missionary. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, he's into some weird shit. But he wants children. He wants a lot of like demigods running around with his weird name on it. Mm. When they're we're bizarre. Elon Musk. Hybrids. <laughs> yes. What God? Jupiter. But I think we have the answer, right? Well, he's, that's the funny thing is that he's, and this is, I think, one of the great confusions that people have about people like Oedipus. Oh, that's a really bizarre, a really bizarre slip. Huh. I was going to say Tesla. And I said Oedipus. But anyway. He does look like a giant baby. Maybe Tesla and, oh, that's what I was, I was not trying to say Oedipus. I was trying to say Edison. It's O-E, it's like the O-E together, Edison, O-Edison, O-Edison. Um, <laughs> so Edison and Musk are both Jupiterian, and they are utilizing the talents of mercurial people. They're utilizing Teslas, but they themselves are not Mercury, though they make their aesthetic and their kingdom in Mercury and in the, the wares of Mercury. Those dirty Shirley's be hitting. <laughs> love me, dirty, love me, dirty Shirley. Love me, drink. Lightning. Love me, draw. That was an accusation against this website, though. That lightning was anal sex root chakra violation. Yes. How? In what medium was that voiced? Is there a comment section? No, I've no, seen no. this website. It's like so. No, no, no. So listen, I was reading. If we're really talking about this website, it's just some schizo bearded guy, bro. <laughs> I was reading. About, so this is what happens. So, the way I learn is that I study the references in music that I like. And at this time, I'd been very into the song Less Than Zero by Elvis Costello, which is a song about Oswald Mosley. And Mosley's fascist symbol was the circle with lightning in it, the, the one David Bowie uses as well. And he said that this is a depiction of anal sex. I thought lightning well, doesn't strike the same place twice. <laughs> I mean, um, I think that's like one but, but, meeting zero. Is Jupiter one? I mean, that's, you know, the irony. He's the farthest out, but he is the first among the gods. Or not the farthest. He's one of the farthest out. He's the sixth. I mean, Saturn be fully out. Yeah. I guess Neptune, but we don't talk about Neptune, Pluto, Pluto. Or Uranus. That's what I've been reading about. I've been trying to grasp it. 
I'm, I'm trying to be a good boy and understand. <laughs> this is the new this planets. is explicitly for the Patreon. Anything beyond <laughs> the seven planets, mm-hmm. true, true. You got to be paying hundreds of dollars to well, get the, after uh, the after the. Well, that's what Tessa has said is that it's like so clearly our work is new planetary that we can't recognize it. Uh-huh. Like we are yeah. direct a- vessels. Average new planet fan. True, true. <laughs> new planet fan be like, bro, you're literally doing everything. Well, listen, I mean, that, I mean, that those ideas are literally worth hundreds of dollars. We need to make a new planet. I think, hundreds. like, like I think we talked about this on an episode a long time Nibiru. ago. But like Nibiru's the the placement of Nibiru. Like, oh, where's Planet X in your chart? Where's Nibiru in your chart? I mean, you, you don't know about that one new planet just just past Pluto. Uh, past Pluto? There's one. Lanulos? No, no. There's one just past Pluto, um, and it hides in its shadow. Hoth. But we know it exists because, like, one night I was just, I just thought about it, and I'm like, it's got to be real. <laughs> you saw it. It's yeah. the neon planet. The neon. No, it's the no, cream planet. No, Have I told you about moon. how significant neon is to my spiritual system? In Americulta, <laughs> neon is a very, a very significant. You know, neon was a huge industry post-war. Wasn't. If I recall correctly, wasn't uh, like darker colors associated with cowboys back in the day? Weren't they wearing like darker but like colorful clothes? The, I think it depends. The There's neon like, is the alien visiting the cowboy. Mm. Yes, well, it, it's it is. I think neon is, neon is aionic because it is this. It is nuclear power. Mark wow. Andrews. <laughs> it is air. It's gas. Neon is a gas, and it's illuminate. It's becoming fire. It's becoming light through electricity. That is the relationship between Leo and Aquarius. Like, the fire of Leo, the air of Aquarius, together make For clarification, how does Leo tie into the Aeons? So, Leo... Okay, so every planet... Excuse me. Every sign has an opposite sign. And the Aeon oftentimes begins with its opposite. So, Aquarius is opposite Leo. So we are beginning the Aeon as a Leonic age, which is why it's war, bloodshed, and violence, like extremity and power, rather than like... I mean, we have, of course, the Aquarian flows of technology, but on the backdrop of a Leonic war. Vladimir Zelensky be Leonic AF. (laughs) Okay, that makes sense, though. So Neon is the nature of the Aeon. The neon aeon. But I also prefer neon colors in general. I prefer more vibrant, not even as like a peacocking thing. It's just like a, maybe like an autistic thing. I like the brighter colors. Everybody does. True. That's why our pornography has bright colors. Beautiful rosebudding princesses. On that note, uh, the rest of this podcast will be available on um, the discontinued Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Memes matter. If you, if you beg yeah. us, right? It is what it is. Simple. <laughs> I, I, I get a piss. <laughs>